This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Remember, I uh, shared a story last week, and I'll repeat it again. Uh, famous philosopher, uh, Soren Kierkegaard, talks about a make-believe country where only ducks live. On Sunday mornings, all the ducks came into church, waddled down the aisle, waddled in their pews, and they squatted. And then the duck minister came in, took his place behind the duck pulpit, opened the duck Bible, and read, Ducks, you have wings, and with those wings, you can fly like eagles, and you can soar up into the sky. Ducks, you have wings. And everybody in the duck church said, amen, and they waddled their way all the way back home. So, of course, uh, Joel was kind enough to laugh at my story, and I appreciate it. But the, the story, moral of the story is God wants to speak to us. Let's not go home the exact same way we came in. And so uh, last week I posted on social media uh, a church uh, filled with ducks. And if you were paying attention, you knew exactly what I meant. So uh, thank you for Paula for liking it and knowing exactly what I meant. So thank you. Hey, so we've been through a series uh, in the New Testament in the book of Philippians. Uh, We started way back in October. And of course, we had uh, Christmas time uh, in between and then uh, some things in January. But we are coming to the end. Today is not the end end, but we are in the last lap, the last chapter, uh, chapter uh, four, and we're in the middle section almost to the very end. And so uh, please, uh, if you could, we do have a podcast. You can go back and listen to previous messages, but this has been a challenging message to all of us. We cannot, uh, we cannot leave this place thinking, I hope so-and-so is listening. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. This is not the time where we elbow our spouse and, you know, tell them they should be listening. Uh, The Lord wants to speak to you, and he wants to speak to me. And so Paul is on his last chapter here. Well, it's it's our last chapter. It's one big long letter to the church in Philippians, in uh, the church in Philippi. And so how did Paul choose to end his uh, his sermon, his, his letter. It's very important for all of us to recognize that God is going to be speaking to us. Now, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me, Philippians chapter 4. Let me get there right now. Sorry, I got the wrong page here. I, uh, it's a very famous chapter, and uh, we all know many of its verses. And let's go to verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 10. And Paul was in prison. You guys know that. He's in prison because of his Christian faith. And the people of the church in Philippi were concerned about him physically. They were concerned about him emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And they wanted to help out in a very tangible way, but they couldn't do it until this moment. And so the Apostle Paul acknowledges and thanks them for the gift. 
He goes on in verse 11 saying, saying this, uh, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. Let me repeat that again in verse 11. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And then he goes on in verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. Anybody know what it's like to be in need? I'm raising my hand. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, and this is the famous verse, we all know it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. And while Paul is thanking them for the gift, he also wants them to know that he is very committed into being content. And I believe God wants to speak to us. He's speaking to the church in Philippi specifically, but we're reading it and we're going to ask the Lord to speak to us. But Paul is very committed in being content. And by saying that to them, I believe we have taken it a little bit out of context, the church, and now it's become a viral verse. And according to the Bible app, algorithms, there are four verses that are like everybody wants to look up and quote. Uh, the number four uh, in line, or the fourth most popular is Joshua 1.9. Does anybody know what Joshua 1.9 says? I, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. J Joshua 1.9. The third most famous uh, looked up passage is Matthew 6.13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The second most popular verse that's looked up is Isaiah 40.31. Anybody know what Isaiah 40.31 says? I see a couple of nods. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. How many know that verse? You guys have heard it. Yes. But the number one looked up Bible verse to be quoted of all times, this same verse landed on the uh, Sports Illustrated cover, uh, and it was modeled by a very famous athlete, Tim Tebow. Anybody know Tim Tebow? And if you remember back in the day when he played for the Gators, <laughs> two people automatically, one person went like this, and the other person went like this. It's hilarious. And so, yeah, Tim Tebow uh, put uh, the Bible verse, uh, Philippians 4.13, on his, uh, under his eyes. And let me repeat it. It says, I can do everything. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Why do you think this is the number one verse in our culture, and especially in American culture? Because I think, and I am also susceptible to it, is that we like to claim things for ourselves. We don't necessarily read it in context. We like that little verse, and we're now going to apply it to our lives. Uh, some people call it name it and claim it. It says, when we read it this way, in our own 
with our own vision, uh, we read it this way. It's like, I can do anything with Christ on my side. So if I wanted to be an NBA player right now, I could do it if I quote this verse. Amen? <laughs> so somebody says, nah, that ain't going to happen. Uh, that's how we read it. It means nothing is impossible. Nothing is insurmountable. You can do anything and everything because it's Jesus who strengthens you. And that sounds really good, doesn't it? I mean, that's, that's what we like to hear, and I like to hear it. I want to be able to do anything. But is that really what Paul is saying to the church? And is that what we should, as a church, to extrapolate this truth, this principle? Now, this verse, you can find it on keychains, coffee mugs, t-shirts. Uh, has anybody seen the Lord's Gym t-shirt? You know, the guy working out. You know, Dave had one, I think. And, was, and had uh, Philippians 4.13 quoted underneath. You know, as you're bench pressing uh, 350 pounds. You know, so... Uh, people recited over and over like a mantra, and they, they recited to find uh, strength, supernatural strength, uh, to defeat something or to defeat an enemy or to beat a team uh, or even to accomplish some difficult task. And it's a way to get psyched up. And this is what we, we've taken this verse to mean. Let's get psyched up. We can do it. You can do it. Let's do it. And so they start quoting the scripture. You can overcome any obstacle. You can climb any new heights. You can embrace your new destiny. If God said it, then you can do it. Do it if that's what you want. If you want to find that perfect soulmate, just quote the verse. If you want to find that right job, just quote the verse. If you want to buy that perfect house, just quote the verse. If you want to buy that land deal, quote the verse. If you want to make it on uh, American, American Idol because you think you can sing, just quote the verse. Uh, even if you don't have any talent, you know, as long as you quote the verse, you can do it. No problem. You can accomplish all things through Christ. But that is not what Paul is saying. I'm sorry to inform you that. He would say that's not how it works. Uh, that's how maybe we've interpreted it through our American cultural uh, lenses. But that's not what Paul is saying to the church. It's sad that so many, and I've fallen prey to that, that we can take things out of context and apply this verse any way we want. But we need to read it in its proper context, and in full context, and we need to know what Paul meant. Paul, in the background, you have to remember, he is in prison. He's probably hungry. He's probably lost muscle mass. He's probably dehydrated. Have you ever been dehydrated? What do you get? I get a headache when I'm dehydrated, and um, it's not a fun feeling. And if you try to drink as much water and you're already dehydrated, it's, it's a little too late. You're going to go through that. So I imagine in this prison, he's writing these things. But he's talking about finding strength in Christ. He's talking about finding contentment in Christ. Not independent of his circumstances. This is the secret he's talking about. I found the secret. I know how to find contentment in Christ in spite of the circumstances I find myself in. And especially when those circumstances include suffering and hardship. 
So it's not the ability to succeed or gain accomplishment or break through a barrier or finish this race or win a game. It's about finding strength in Christ and being content during harsh or hellish circumstances. That's kind of a hard message to, to, to preach to us uh, Westerners where we live very affluent lives. It's about getting through tough times of persecution. It was written by this man, as I mentioned, who was in prison for his faith. So what is Philippians 4.13 really about? It's, I'm trying to make sure that we understand it's usually a, about opposite of what we think it is and how the viral verse has made it so, why is it so popular? Philippians 4.13 is not to be quoted to change your situation. Paul used it while accepting his situation. He found and he quoted this, I can do all things through Christ because he found strength to endure his situation and to find peace despite his situation. Some of you, and I don't want to pick on any of you, but some of you have had very difficult moments in your life. And I, could, I wish I could pull you out and, and, and display uh, you, because I know most of you, and share how God has given them strength, even contentment in the sense like, their identities in Christ, even though they've gone through hellish circumstances. Some of you here have gone through hellish circumstances, and you're here. You're here in this pew. And that's because it's true that we can endure hellish circumstances. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened you. You are a walking testimony of finding peace in a hellish circumstances. Some of you have been through incredibly tough marriages, but you're content in your relationship with Christ, and you are asking the Lord to give you strength to endure this valley. Right now, as I mentioned before the service, if you weren't here, there's a church right up the street that is going through this right now. And we prayed for them. The Lord would give them strength during their hellish circumstance. None of the kids are here, but the pastor's wife is not expected to live past today at Piedmont Alliance Church. Fine, 10 days ago breathing her last, most likely today, unless God intervenes. Paul uses and made this uh, scripture to the church to say, you know what? God can give you strength in the situation you're in, not only to endure, but find contentment. Too many of us live, and I include myself, we live and we are driven by if only the if-only principle. 
If I only had this, then I can find contentment. If I could only do that, then I would find contentment. If I could only go to these places and, and vacation these places, then I will find contentment. If I can only be with that person, then I'll find contentment. If I can only do this, then I'll be with joy. But Paul is writing something much more deep than if only. He did not live, if only if I was set free, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If only I, only, if I could only experience fullness, then I can find contentment in Christ. He doesn't say that. He lives a life as one who knows Christ and his relationship with Christ. So what's the secret? What can we can apply in our own lives? And Philippians 4.13 is really about the secret. When faced with difficulties of life, he knew that he could endure it through Christ, who gave him strength. I think of my dear mother-in-law and my mom, both lost their, their husbands, and it's only been through Christ who has helped them to not only endure, but find a supernatural contentment of peace. A famous, uh, well, a blogger, I don't know if he was famous, wrote this, that Paul isn't telling people they should dream bigger dreams. He's reminding them that they can endure the crushing feeling of defeat even when those dreams aren't realized. He's not saying you can go out and conquer the world in this verse. He's reminding them that they can find contentment in Christ when the world is conquering them. That's what I love about the gospel and the, and the Bible. This is, this is true. We're not all... We're not all living on the mountaintops, are we? We're not all uh, have the perfect job and the perfect spouse and the perfect children and the perfect, you know, home, perfect income, perfect health. The Lord is helping us to grow up, encouraging Christ followers, Paul is, that we can press on when the world is pressing on us. And this is how our relationship with Christ transcends the events of this world. How our relationship with Christ is more important than what is going around us or what's even happening to us. Circumstances, Paul says, are secondary. It's not about what's going on in your life, but what's going on in your life? Who are we becoming? Who are we relating to? So it raises an important question that's hardly ever talked in church. And let me just tell you, this is going to be tough. For, for it's, This is not for novices. You know, we're not teaching this downstairs with the little kids.
God's plan for your life, <laughs> and maybe somebody's going to leave after this, God's plan for your, your life may not be that everything's going to go good. God's plan for your life is not a smooth road for the rest of your life. When I ask, and, and I'm guilty of this, when I reflect and I pray, I usually pray, I used to usually pray about this. Lord, um, I need some material gain in my life. I need physical health in my life, a relational help or joy in my life. Lord, I need to really excel in my job. And then in all those, we, we, we tend to think that somehow that'll bring personal fulfillment. Usually I don't pray, especially when I was younger. Lord, whatever, Lord, provide things in my life that will develop character in my life. Lord, help me to grow in patience, which means what? That you're going to probably be put in a situation where you're, you're going to learn to be patient. We don't usually pray, say, Lord, I need, this, I need to grow up in Jesus. Lord, whatever, whatever it takes for me to grow in my soul formation. Lord, whatever I need to do to invest in the kingdom at any cost. I've, you know, I've rarely prayed about suffering. Lord, if suffering brings you the greatest glory, then let me suffer. It's not something I pray every week. I don't think about deprivation or hardship. I'm usually praying for the opposite. Those things tend to make me stronger. It is very interesting. When I got really sick when I was 40, half my face paralyzed. Um, and at that time, uh, Robin and I had already been married 20-some years. And we had said vows for richer, for poorer or in sickness and in health. And up to that point, we really had not experienced any health issues. It, is, it was mind-boggling to me, it was powerful, that during our time of sickness is when I, feel, I felt like the Lord um, welded our relationship even, even deeper and better that I'd not experienced when I didn't, we hadn't experienced sickness together. There's something uh, supernatural that happens when things don't necessarily go as planned. There's this thing called the advers adversity principle. Anybody know what the adversity principle is? If I had a picture, I would show you of a lion in a zoo. Fat, out of shape, lying in a zoo. The biologists discovered that habitual ongoing of well-being is not good for species. Existence without challenge, without hardship, without difficulty is not what's best. You can see these in zoos where they have their food delivered to them every day. You see it in the rainforest because water is everywhere. They don't have to, the trees don't have to extend their root system more than a few feet down below the surface. But a tree planted in dry land must send its roots 
down 30 feet or more. And those winds are not going to blow that tree down. Not that we're looking for pain, but when we have pain in our lives, we can ask the Lord to help develop our soul, our spirit, our, our dependence on him through Christ. We don't allow the circumstances to define us. It's through Christ that we find our, our identity. Usually, I've been around long enough that I've been around people that you know if they've been wounded. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're angry or they're, uh, you know, I, I ran into a friend of mine and the, sadly, uh, in this situation, her, uh, she was in a divorce. It was not a, a nice divorce. And I was with her with her two little kids. And I'm around kids, my own grandkids and church kids. And I'm around shy kids. You know, we have some kids that are just shy. I, I understand what that is and looks like. But these kids, my heart broke for them. They were like fearful. Scared. I mean, like I even tried to talk to them and they were like jumpy. And so I'm praying for them. I'm praying for these young children that they would find their identity in Christ. I'm praying for them. But you could tell when you meet someone who's been injured. So the question I have as Christ followers, did the circumstances that you have gone through make you better or bitter? Have you been soured by the circumstances? Or has it helped you to become sweeter? I don't know everybody that really well, okay? But the ones I can think of that you've gone through hellish circumstances, I think because Christ has helped you. He's been your strength. I find you to be sweet. There's this, there's this contentness in knowing that God has his master plan and he's there with you, even though when life happens. You find your identity in Christ and not in circumstances. I found myself in a weird situation a few years back. My nephew came to visit me, and he just graduated college. So let's, I think it was like, five, let's call it eight years ago. So I was, I was 50 years old, and he was 23 years old. And uh, <laughs> he asked me, well, he told me about his job. He became a, a worship pastor of this mega church in Charleston, South Carolina. And then he started asking me about my church. And then he asked me a question, how big is your church? And it was a weird question because for a brief moment, I could sense my identity was not in Christ, but on the size of my church. For a brief moment, I was a little embarrassed to tell him because, you know, such a young kid, you know, mega church, mega salary. But the Lord gave me some strength and I told him, I said, you know, it's our church size. But it was weird. 
it was like the Lord told me that your, your identity is still not completely in me. I'm not going to pick on Eric, but I might as well because he's my son-in-law and he'll probably forgive me. But uh, he was driving a beat-up car uh, one time, teaching at Leon High School. <laughs> and this junior, you know, this, this kid from Leon High School drives in this brand new truck. Teachers, do you know what I'm talking about? You know, the students that have better cars than you. And, I, you know, I'm just saying that was a weird cir- circumstance. I'm not, I don't know how you responded. But if it was me, it'd be like, <gasps> you know... Here's this 17-year-old kid with a brand-new truck, and here I'm driving around in a 15-year-old beat-up Corolla. It's moments like that you realize where's your identity, right? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, whether we're well-fed or we're hungry, whether we're a big church or a small church whether we're healthy or we're struggling with sickness, I believe with all my heart that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So the the secret is to find your identity in Christ. It's not to get a better car. If you think buying the better car is going to bring you that fulfillment, the moment you buy that car, there's going to be a newer car. It's the bigger home, it's the, it's the whatever. Our fulfillment and contentment comes. That's where the power is, is found in Christ. Your relationship with Christ. One time I was able to go to South America and I went to this little tiny church up in uh, Quito, Ecuador, a Quechuan church. Quechuans are native Indians from the Andes. And let me tell you, these people were poor. You walk into the building, and, and to keep the termites off their wooden floor, they wiped it down with turpentine. So when you walk in the building, the first thing you smell is turpentine. Petroleum. But let me tell you something. I was so humbled. This poor church with these cheap plastic chairs. If you've ever been to South America, you know exactly which chairs I'm talking about. The white plastic chairs. Every church has them. Their contentment and joy for the Lord was mind-boggling. And I remember my jaw just being dropped and just watching them worship Jesus. You know, and, and in the, even in Ecuador, the Quechuan Indian people are looked down upon. These no nobodies, no nothing, poverty-stricken church understood the principle of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I was humbled that day. I wept that day because I have so much more, but I still struggle with my contentment in Christ. So this morning, I pray that you were uh, challenged this morning. I'm going to ask the band to come up, but before they come up, the question I have is this. Is there an error in your life you say, Pastor Mario, I need to find more fulfillment in Christ because... I'm struggling. 
my circumstances are making me bitter, not better. You can sense yourself getting a little sour and not sweet. And uh, we've all been there. And sometimes it's a process. Sometimes you might, because of the circumstances, start off as bitter. But as the Lord continues to minister to you and you trust him, that it can turn into sweetness. So you might be in the front end of it. If that's you, I'd like to pray for you. So every eye closed, head bowed, I just want to pray with you just a quick hand up and say, Pastor Mario, I, I need to find more contentment in Christ because of my circumstances. Yes, hands all over the place. I love our church. We're an honest church. And eight years ago, when my, my nephew was tell, <laughs> telling me how big his salary was and his biggest church was, I need more of contentment in Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this wonderful, wonderful uh, verse that you've provided for us. Lord, forgive me for misapplying it so I can win some church softball game, so I can hit a home run uh, and not strike out at the church softball game. Lord, help me to apply it, Lord, to be content in you in spite of my circumstances. That I could be sick and still find joy in you. I can be healthy and find joy in you. I can be poor and still find joy in you, Father. Lord, we trust you, God. And we need you. Grow me up and grow us up as a church that we could do all things through Christ who strengthens us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and stand and we're gonna sing this song. I think it's, it works really well with what God is speaking to us. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurch.com. Tlh.com.